Hello everyone, my name is Rochelle Innocent and I'm the CEO and founder of Project Purpose. Welcome to our YouTube channel. We are a community that is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that focus on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept, in order to foster grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. Project Purpose's overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild families, communities, and relationships. Our YouTube platform provides us an opportunity to have conversations about all topics that relate to families, communities, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others, with a primary focus on mental health and education. More precisely, the ways that mental health and education have played a role and are currently playing a role in our societies at large. Our discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within the structures of mental health as well as education in order for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower our children through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, that also translates as recreating and co-creating environments socially as well as politically in order for our children to thrive. As is the YouTube convention, please do subscribe. Hit that post notification bell so that you're aware of every time we post and of course, like, comment and share this video. Let's get into it. The second video is really about establishing rituals and routines. The reason why I wanted to cover this topic is because we've entered a new year. If there's any time where we think about our habits and we think about what we would like to change if we were motivated to do so, it's typically around this year. I'm here to encourage you and to share from some of my own lived experiences as to how routines and rituals have helped me become more effective, more productive. Importantly, it's given me room to be creative, to have quiet moments to myself, which is really necessary for me by way of maintaining my sense of peace, my sense of autonomy, as well as my sense of personal satisfaction and fulfillment. These are some tidbits. I mean, I would love to hear some of the rituals and routines that you engage in, but I'd love to share some of mine and hopefully we can learn something from one another. One thing I must say is I'm a planner. I love planning everything out. In fact, the first few moments of my day is it's spent planning. I wake up and I have a 500 milliliter glass of water at my bedside that I drink every morning and I'm not sure if you've tried to drink that much water in the morning but you know you have to do it slowly or you know you risk choking on the water so it's absolutely not a good idea to try to chug that water first thing in the morning I know from personal experience um, but I do try to drink at least two liters of water a day I try to drink two liters of water in a day especially the days that I do yoga because I do a lot of deep stretches that release a lot of toxins in my body and I, I definitely don't want those toxins swimming around so I drink two liters in order to ensure that what comes out of my muscles comes out of my body completely. It's easier for me to get a head start with that 500 milliliters of water in the morning and so that time is spent really reflecting and thinking about how I'd like my day to go and 
it's a very peaceful moment. It's like a very peaceful moment of planning and of putting things together. And I wake up very early. So I wake up around between 4 and 4.30 in the morning. It was actually last year 4.30 and for 2021 I've decided to up it to 4 in the morning. And it's great because it's so quiet that, you know, there's no rush. And I feel like the morning for me is like my sacred time. I, I do not like to be rushed at all in the morning. I like to have my time to myself to think about how I want my day to go and to plan things out. And so I guess this video is really about the benefits of planning. And there are things that I plan that are ad hoc that are independent to each specific day, but there are also aspects of my days that are pretty much in stone. And these are the ritualistic parts of my day. And the ritualistic and the routine parts of my day really contribute to my sense of well-being. Um, so I'm not sure who out there feels like, you know, from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep is really like they're putting out fires. They feel a bit scattered. They feel like they don't really know where the day went. I think the best way to counteract that is to really have some set routines and to maybe make some lifestyle changes so that those routines have space to live and to grow and to kind of embed themselves within your day-to-day, -day, especially if it makes you feel good. So why do I plan? I mean, some people would say it's because I'm type A and I have, you know, this obsessive need to plan, but that's absolutely not true. I can have a day now, I mean, it's taken me time. There was a, a point in time where planning was an absolute necessity for me, but now it's a choice, it's optional. And the reason why I love planning now is because one, it gives me a strong sense of autonomy. When I put a plan in place, I know that that's me charting out where I want my energy to go throughout the day. And that's really important to me. It gives me a sense of self-worth. And I'm someone that derives a lot of self-worth from my autonomy, from my ability to be independent and my ability to do things on my own. Planning also gives me cognitive space for creativity. So if I know more or less how my day is going to be charted, I will typically leave gaps for creativity or I will plan in for creativity. Um, and this is great because it's just a different orientation. It's a different way of thinking that I, I truly enjoy. Um, and you have to plan for creativity because your days can really get ahead of you if you're not carving out time for the things that recenter you and that ground you. And what planning also does is it gives you an opportunity to choose to do the things that excite you. I am someone who I have absolutely no threshold for having a day where I've done nothing that, you know, excites me. I've done nothing that like contributes to my own personal, you know, the simple pleasures of life. Even if it's something super small, every day I need a moment of that day dedicated to me. Um, and I, I feel like that gives me a sense of, you know, I'm important to me, so why wouldn't I carve at least, you know, 20 minutes of my day just for a simple pleasure, just to like, you know, make myself smile, make myself laugh. I'm not really, I'm not relying on other people for that. I like to carve in time where I'm the one sort of building in my own entertainment for myself. So how, how do these things go? Because sometimes we're like, well, you know, routines and rituals, that's really nice. And it, it, it differs based on your lifestyle, based on whether, you know, you're a single person like myself or you're part of a unit or you're part of a family. But I feel like regardless of what your situation is, these rituals can be for you personally. They could be for you 
within your relationship. And they can also be family rituals, which are actually like really amazing ways to bond without constantly having to put thought and energy into it. Once you create a ritualized family or relationship oriented, or even for yourself, like different experiences that you expect to have during the day become automatic, they become rote. You don't have to put so much thought into thinking about one another or thinking about the things that build in fulfillment and satisfaction and peace in one another. My morning routines, I typically don't touch at all. I mean, they are part of how I get myself established for the day. I am someone who, I came out of the womb very high strung. I'm just kind of like a high strung, high energy human being. So I like to start my morning again, like with the peaceful, about 30, 45 minutes drinking my 500 milliliters of water where I'm, you know, quietly planning out my day. And then I do my PMM. So PMM for me is I start like with prayer and like, I believe in like the universe and I'm part of, I'm, I'm part of a larger picture, but like, this isn't me pitching a religion to you. I mean, I think it's always important to kind of recalibrate and, and understand that, you know, we're part of this bigger plan. So for me, the way that I do that and the way that I kind of start my day with perspective is I, I do a prayer and then I, I need movement. So I start my morning with, a, with an exercise routine. Um, and it's something that I do in roughly 30 minutes uh, that I do pretty much every morning because I, I feel like I've satisfied my body's need for movement after, you know, sleeping like a log. Cause I'm not like, sometimes I move in my sleep, but I mostly wake up feeling a little bit stiff. So it's nice to have a little bit of a workout in the morning. And my morning workouts are really focused on stretching out and moving every part of my body. So. Um, there's a leg piece, there's a glute piece, there's an ab piece, there is an arm piece, and there is a neck piece. And once that is done, I do meditation. So I will spend 20 minutes meditating in the morning. And once that's done, I'm ready. The day is ready to go. I'm ready to get showered, get dressed for the day. But I must start with my PMM. That's like crucial for me to start my day feeling centered and feeling grounded and not feeling high strung because I wake up like I am a morning person and I wake up like amped, amped, I'm ready to go. And you know, for some people that's great, but for me, I need to like dial it down just a little bit. Um, so I do that with my PMM. Um, for my afternoon rituals, they're fairly flexible. So it's like wherever I can squeeze it in, I commit to myself 30 minutes of movement. And this movement can be any movement. Um, you know, anything to like boost that heart rate. So I know that like, you know, at least six hours into my day, I need to do something that gets my heart rate going. Um, and my evening rituals are also conditional. So. They're conditional because I like to socialize every now and again. And while COVID has made it a rarity that my evening rituals have required change, I'm not so rigid with my evening rituals because, you know, sometimes ad hoc, friends want to go out for drinks, you want to do something with your friends, or, you know, maybe you have different plans that will change the way that your evening rolls out. Um, so my evenings are conditional, but there's always an aspect of my evening where I do something specifically for wind down, whether that's reading, whether that's listening to a podcast, whether that's doing a facial, 
whatever it is, the intention is to wind myself down because I need to signal that for myself. And the reason why I do these things specifically is because I understand that humans, we work by association. Um, and if you build these rituals in, then you cue your body for like the next stage of your day. So I like to cue my body for wake up, I like to cue my body for energy, and I like to cue my body for winding down. And this also builds different moments of like little pleasures during the, my day or little joys because the things that I do are things I really enjoy doing and I don't have my day sort of escape from me or like filled with doing grunt work or filled with doing work that I find menial or tedious. There's always parts of my day that are dedicated to my own simple pleasures and my own joy. And I find that that is absolutely necessary for my own sense of personal satisfaction, joy, and fulfillment. Rituals and routines also give you an opportunity to make room for the things that you never find time to do in your day. So if you build that into a routine or into a ritual, there are parts of your day where you know you're just transitioning into that and you're not having to expend energy or feel stressed about it you just know that that's going to be the next part of your day and what's really great about building in those associations and those cues is your body just kind of goes into motion you don't even need to like think about if whether or not you are or not going to do it once it becomes a ritualized behavior you just kind of go into that mode like for the in-between, the universe decides. I mean, yeah, I have to work, you know, you have to be productive, you have to try to like build something, um, you know, whatever the case may be. But I feel like so long as there's parts, like my morning sacred it, it is what gives me, you know, life. <laughs> my morning routines make me feel alive. Um, my afternoon routines is more for health, it's more about well-being. I know that I can't be sedentary all day. Um, and then my, my evenings are really about joy. It's really about, you know, little joys before I go to bed. Outside of the daily rituals, you know, before COVID, I had like weekly rituals or bi-weekly rituals. Like I'm someone who loves physical activity and I don't, I'm like the jack of all trades when it relates to activity. I love rock climbing, but I don't do it enough to be a rock climber, you know? I love bike no I don't love bike riding that is not true but I do like rollerblading I think that that's super fun and there were times where I was rollerblading, rollerblading all the time but you know I moved to Toronto and I really started to fear my life when it came to rollerblading unless you're doing it like by the lakeshore or something like that but I love going for walks and it's nice to know that there are specific days within the month where I'm dedicating time to something that I like and it's something that I'm going to do every month, whatever the cadence might be. So I want to talk a little bit about the health benefits of having ritualized behavior. And this isn't just like brushing your teeth. I mean, for those of us who do it, no judgment for those of us who don't. But we can build out from there. Like if there are things that you know make you happy or things that would make you happy, if you made them part of your morning routine, or you made them part of your afternoon routine or your evening routine, why deprioritize it? Why go through a full day dissatisfied with how your day is panning out? Like, why not have part of your day where you know, you know, that part's for you. Even if you're like sneaking a bit of chocolate, like whatever it is, there should be part of your day where you feel pure joy. And I'm all about that pure joy feeling. When I, I think as a society, we're so big on the grind and on moving and on being productive and getting things done. We sometimes, deprioritize our own happiness 
And I, I would love for that to change for the future generations. I would love for them to see us value our own personal sense of happiness, value peace and creating space for peace in their lives and valuing, you know, our time. I think our time is the one thing that we can't get back. You can't have more time than the time that you have. So I would love if we can build a model in our own behaviors that showcase the younger children that your time is valuable to you. That's it's more valuable than it is. Your time is priceless. And if your time is priceless, then some of your time needs to be dedicated to you because you yourself are also priceless. You know, you can't always have your time being bought off by other people. Some of your time definitely needs to be dedicated to you. And that for me, incorporating that in my life has definitely contributed to my mental wellness. When we think about carving out time for creativity, even for those of us who aren't naturally creative, I think for me, I'm not someone who enjoys doing quant. I'm not someone who enjoys crunching numbers. All to say, a little secret that I've kept is I actually can do it. I'm actually pretty proficient at it. I just really don't like the way my brain, I feel it orienting when I'm crunching numbers. Um, I feel like I had a traumatizing experience um, as, you know, as a child in primary school, I did French immersion and I did all my math in French. It was mostly problem solving math and I was very good at it. And then when I transitioned into high school, it was nothing but confusion because it was just this automatic flip to English math and no transition. So I was completely, I was quite literally lost in translation and um, it created a lot of anxiety and I was so happy when I went to university and I was doing statistics, which I actually enjoy as a course. And he talked about this real thing called math anxiety and I definitely have, you know, to like, you know, I definitely do have math anxiety, which bites down my ability to perform in math if I don't create like a happy space. Um, to do math, which sounds ridiculous, but I really do like if I'm doing math at home, I like have a diffuser on, I have like quiet classical music playing in the background. Like I have to really make an effort to calm my system down because it just has this stress response because of how traumatic it was that switch from like French to English math. And I also think that it's like some of the messaging that we, we share. And I, I'm happy to know that like the generation Z there's been a lot of work to build, you know, to build sort of communications around STEM being for women as well as for men. But for me, I really do feel like I, I, I have fought myself to do well at math, at least well enough to be able to accomplish the goals that I that I've had that I've had to that I've set for myself. Um, so. All of that to say, that was very long-winded, I apologize for that, but all of that to say, I think it's important for everyone to play on both sides of, of your of your hemispheres. You know, if you're someone who's very math-oriented, it's really important that you flex your creativity muscles and try to create some balance between those two spaces by doing like just little activities on your own and quietly developing a sense of appreciation for what doesn't come naturally to you. And that's, part of why I like to do goals so much because I think once you yourself on your own without the pressure of performance figure out you know what about this appeals to people who are oriented to different than myself and how can I master this enough to understand it and to cultivate an appreciation or respect for it that for me is very important 
Um, it's easy to stay within your comfort zone and to play within your strengths, but I think that there's a lot of benefit to building on the areas that are less comfortable when you do it on your own time and in like on your own terms. No pressure for, to perform, you're just curious and trying to figure it out. So for those of you who are, you know, engineers and finance people and you're not really into the creativity, I mean, it could boost your work um, by playing in that hemisphere a little bit. And for myself, I do, you know, I take my own advice. I do play within the quant hemisphere as well. I'm much more proficient than I was even when I was in my MBA. I mean, I think that forced me to really deal with the anxiety that I had, even preparing for the MBA. Like, I, it was a long process, but I'm happy that even now that I don't need to do math, I still feel inclined to do it every now and again, just to make sure I don't lose those muscles. And I'm happy that I'm not so stressed out doing it. You know, I think it's important to develop an appreciation for things that we don't naturally feel inclined towards. Um, I'm always curious about why someone can be so passionate about something that I really could care less about. I don't care about the thing per se. I care about the disparity between our interests. And I want to at least cultivate a respect for why that disparity exists. I want to understand like, oh, well, I guess, you know, these aspects of this would be a reason why someone would gravitate towards it. So whenever that feeling happens throughout the year, I definitely doggy take those feelings. And then when I build up my resolutions, I'm like, well, you know, I want to understand why this is something that is someone else's passion. I want to at least have a sense or respect for it by the end of the year. So, I mean, that was my talk. I hope it was helpful to you, but definitely I'm a huge advocate for ritualized behaviors, for having at least, you know, three aspects of your day dedicated to well-being, dedicated to yourself, to recentering, to feeling grounded. Um, and for me, you know, mornings, very sacred. I'm a morning person. You know, I think I'm an all-day person. I'm like a, a very much a morning person. And I guess I'm still high energy in the evening, but in the evening, I'm thinking about my bed. Like when I'm waking up, I'm like so happy and ready for the day. But like, I, I like my wind down period too. So I guess if I like my wind down period, if I'm not like, you know, like an owl, I don't feel the need to stay up all night ever. I love sleeping. So I guess I'm more of a morning person than a night person. <laughs> Um, and also part of my mornings is I love big breakfasts. I'm that person who, you know, they have um, that saying where you eat like a king in the morning, like a prince in the afternoon and like a pauper in the evening. That is definitely the way that I eat. In the morning, I like to have a big, completely delicious breakfast. You know, my favorite is gluten-free pancakes with vegan chocolate chips. It is absolutely delicious. And I have that, of course, with my vegan yogurt with some flax seeds and some chia seeds for you know as a probiotic and you know some honey but we don't need to get into all of that so that was this take on mental wellness building in ritualizing routine and routines in order to ensure that at least parts of your day are focused on your own personal joy and sense of satisfaction i hope that my sharing was was helpful to you and i'd love to hear what some of your rituals and routines are and what they contribute to whether they contribute to you you feeling recentered to your joy to your peace i'd love to learn about that those for me are very important i'm a go 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 person so i always need to have parts of my day where i'm coming back down to earth it's like i'm going up I need to make sure I'm coming back down to earth. And this is some of how I built that in so that that 
happens because if I didn't and there were times where I didn't you know things start to spiral out of place so anyway that's all that I wanted to say if you've made it to the end of this video I am so happy please do subscribe to the video like comment and share and definitely until next time I'm so happy we had this opportunity to chat today Like no one's listening